and precious. Sicha Gimel. We are learning this morning in the Schos of Arafor Shalema from Miriam Liba Baschana, um, and that the procedure that she is undergoing at this very moment should be Bahatzlacha Rabam Flaga. We're also wishing Mazel Tov to a number of our classmates. Um, Yehudas Edelman's grandson Menachem Mendel Dubov is having his Absharanish. Joni Tansky's um, grandson Naftali Poulter is having his Bar Mitzvah celebration. And Rachel Kaplan just had a great granddaughter born this morning. I assume that she will be named uh, sometime today, but we don't have the name yet. But we wish everybody Mazel Tov and that there should only be Simchas Mitfrelecha Herz for all of us to celebrate. Again, Mishpatim Gimel, Chelechav Aleph, Seif Aleph, Ala Pasuk Karev Lesayv Parshasenu. On the Pasuk that is found at the, close to the end of our Parsha, and it is found in Parakhav Dalit, Pasuk Dalit. If you have a Chumash and Rashi, it's going to be helpful this morning. And the Pasuk reads, Vayichtoiv Moshe as Kol Divrei Hashem. Moshe wrote down all the words of Hashem. That's the beginning of <coughs> the Pasuk. And the Rashi on the words, Vayichtav um, Moshe, Rashi says, Mibreshis v'ad matan Moshe wrote down everything from Bereshis until Matan the Chasav, and he also wrote down mitzvahs shenitzdavu b'mara, mitzvahs that they were that were commanded at Mara. And I think this pasuk is very much kind of like a flyover zone. We don't really pay a lot of attention to this, um, but but the Rebbe never lets us not pay attention to any pasuk, any word, any nuance. And so the Rebbe is treating this Rashi and asking exactly what is going on here. So we go back into the Sicha. We've already explained many times that Rashi's uh, M.O., his goal is to explain the Pshuta Shel Mikra, to explain the Pasuk Al Pipshat, Mitzarach Lahavin. So we have to understand. Mahu HaHechrech B'Pshuta Shel Mikra, Shemesha Kosav, as Kol HaNyanimi Breshiz V'Admatan Torah. What is the imperative? In other words, what drives Rashi's imperative to explain Al Pipshat that Moshe wrote down everything from Bereshis at Matan Hashem, although much of Bereshis and Shemais until this point is narrative rather than instruction, which you would think Divrei Hashem is an expression that speaks to the words of Hashem, the instruction of Hashem. And also to say that Moshe included the mitzvahs that were given at Mara. And not just a portion of the mitzvahs. Or 
maybe it's only the narrative, it's only the mitzvahs, or maybe it's other things that Divrei Hashem is referring to. In other words, how does Rashi come to the conclusion that when it says Vayichtav Moshe is called Divrei Hashem, that, that Moshe wrote down all the words of Hashem, that this is talking about Mi Breshis Ad Matantera, plus the mitzvahs that were given at Mar. Yisera Mizu, the Rebbe says, and even more so, the Pasukan Ksiva Yichtav Moshe is called Divrei Hashem. In our Pasuk, it says that Moshe wrote down all the words of Hashem. The he Rifke, Rifke, one second. Which Pasuk is it? I'm sorry. No problem. Perak Chavdalit, Pasuk right. Chavdalit. All right. Okay, thank you. And the Rebbe says that <clears throat> this Pasuk, by Yichtav Moshe, is called to be Hashem, this question is, is deepened. It's a much bigger question when you look at the Pasuk immediately before this Pasuk. So look at Pasuk Gimel. Pasuk Gimel reads, And he told the nation all the words of Hashem. Now, Look at Rashi on the words "es kol divrei Hashem" in Pasukimol. On those words, Rashi says "mitzvahs prisha v'hagbala." That in Pasukimol, "kol divrei Hashem" means Hashem's instruction that husbands and wives should not be intimate for a number of days before Matan Torah. So this is referring to the commandment to separate and to set up boundaries around Har Sinai, so the Jews should not come too close. So in Pasuk Gimbal, es kol Hashem means one thing. V'imkain, mahu atam l'shanoi says perish v'yechta moish es kol divrei Hashem, but Pasuk Zem, min perish Pasuk Le'il. So why would Rashi change his understanding of the exact same words as kol divrei Hashem in Pasuk Gimbal, it means one thing. And in Pasuk Dalit, it means a completely different thing. What drives Rashi's perush? And even if you want to say that that was a one and done instruction. What Hashem said to B'nai Yisrael about separating and about setting up parameters around um, Har Sinai, beyond which a Jew could not wander or walk, you might say that was a one-time thing just for that time. And therefore, it's not plausible to think that when the Torah says, that he wrote that down for posterity. Shaking, Kasibas Moshe Meral because seemingly, if Moshe wrote something down, it is relevant to the future. Or even more, it's for all time, not just for some time in the future, but for all time. But even if you want to say this, Avalnegim gam 
So you might be able to say that, yes, it includes the instruction for that time immediately before Matantara, that they have to separate from uh, their spouses and they're not allowed to go closer, but it also includes many other things that came as a preface to Matantara, and they're therefore relevant to other times as well. The Rabbeinu Bechaya says that this included the Tanayim, the um, uh, the conditions under which Bnei Yisrael and Hashem would enter into a relationship, and it included parts of the Torah like Vahayim Shemaya, when you will listen, and so on and so forth. In Bayes, Sif Bayes, the Rebbe says, And the question on this Rashi is actually much bigger, even. Why? Because, because seemingly similar to what Rashi says here, we find written in the Mechilta, Aval Rashi Shina Midivri HaMechilta, Ba'ifen Shapirish Rashi Hu Deloy Keman. But Rashi changes his perush here from the Mechilta in a way where his explanation does not align with any of the three explanations found in the Mechilta. In other words, at first blush, it seems like Rashi has imported his perush from the Mechilta. But when you look carefully, as the Rebbe always does, putting the Rashi under a microscope, the Rebbe points out it's not like any of those opinions. Bemechilta muvois gimel deis. Mechilta brings down three different opinions. Yaisi bar Rabbi Asi Omer mitzchilas barishis vaatkan. So the first opinion is seemingly like Rashi, but not that what 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 it says that Moshe wrote down. It's talking about from the beginning of barishis until here. That's one opinion. The second opinion, the Mechilta, Rabbi Omer. The second opinion, Rebbe says that this was just a catalog of the mitzvahs that had been given from the beginning of time until this time. Rabbi Yishmael Oimer, and the third opinion is, Veshavta aret Shabbos laHashem, that what what Moshe Rabbeinu wrote down here was the mitzvah of Shmita, sheishanim tizra sadcha v'goimer shmatim v'yevleis brachais v'klalais. He wrote down about Shmitas. He wrote down about Yevel. He wrote down blessings that will occur, curses that will occur, and b'seifa inin mahu oimer ela hakukim. And so, and at the end of what he wrote down. It talks about the statutes, v'hamishpatim, v'hatayres, amru mikablam anu aleinu. And the Jews said, we'll take, well, we accept all of this. Aval, Rashi, tzirif, is beis hadeyas harishonis yachtav. But Rashi is choose all three of these. And it seems that what Rashi does is a mashup of the first two opinions. And 
אלא בלהייסף עליה, שנייסף למתחילת ברישיס ועד כאן, נכללו בכסיב המצווה שנסתבו אדם הראשון וכולו. So you might say that what Rashi is doing is, he's combining the first two opinions, and Rashi is understanding the first two opinions of the Mechilta as two things that are not mutually exclusive. They're not a steer to each other. They're not a contradiction. But the Rebbe says, you're mistaken. Even if you want to learn it like that, it is impossible to see the Mechilta as the source for what Rashi is saying. Why? Because the problem is that the second opinion, the Mechilta, says that whatever it is, this document that Meishar Abenu wrote included all the mitzvahs starting from what Hashem said to Adam and then the, to Noyach, and then the mitzvahs they were given in Mitzrayim, and then the mitzvahs were given in Mara, and that's not what Rashi says. Rashi just says, Mibreshis, look again, Rashi says that what was written here is everything from Bereshis until the giving of the Torah, and he also wrote down the mitzvahs that they were commanded in Mara. And so the Rebbe is saying, Rashi has a unique understanding of what this document is. And Naisev Lazer, and in addition to this, Belav Haki Kashalaymar, Shemekar, a Yusayd Perish Rashi Khan, Hube Mechilta. And even if this wasn't the case, it would still be very difficult to say that Rashi's Perish on this Pasuk is. Found in the Mechilta. Why? Because Me'acha Shadivri HaMechilta Einam Boim Kepeirish Lepasuk Vayichtav Moshe. Because the Mechilta doesn't give us these three opinions on the words Moshe wrote. Ela Lepasuk Vayikach Sefer Briz Vayikra Ba'Aznei Ha'Am. So please um, take a look, and um, you will see that. After the Pasuk that we're dealing with, which is Pasuk Dalid, then in Pasuk Zion, after the Torah tells us uh, of certain things that happened, Karbanais and things with the Maishid with the blood, etc., etc., then in Pasuk Zion it says, habris. He took the Book of the Covenant. So this document that we're talking about is being referred to as a Sefer Habris. And he read it in the ears of the people. And in response, in response to Moshe reading this document that is referred to as the Sefer Habris, the Jews said, we will do and we will listen. And the Mechilta, again, the Rebbe says, I want to disabuse you of thinking that Rashi is basing his parish in Pasuk Dalit on the Mechilta. Because the Mechilta is not addressing the words Vayicht of Moshe, what Moshe wrote. The Mechilta is addressing what did he read out loud to the Jews. And so therefore... And that's why in Pasuk Zayin, the Mechilta says, 
but we don't know what he read for them. This means that what the Mechilta is engaging with is not what was written, but what did he read from this Sefer for all the Jews to listen to in the ears of the nation? It doesn't have to be the same thing. It could be that the document was much, much longer and Moshe read just extractions thereof. And then the Chilta comes to answer the question, what did Moshe read? Therefore, when Rashi addresses what did Moshe write, we cannot say that his answer is found in the Mechilta and that he is importing his answer from the Mechilta. Shahre Efshar. Because it's altogether possible that Moshe wrote down a lot more than what he read out loud. And like the Mechilta says specifically, We haven't heard yet from where in this document Moshe read out loud. And in any case, it's not understood. But the Rebbe goes back and he hammers home again the same point. Where in Pshutah Mikra do we find an imperative or do we find proof of what Moshe wrote that leads Rashi to say that it was from the beginning of Breshis till Matantaira? And the mitzvahs that were given at Murrah. Now, in Seif Gimel, the Rebbe asks an additional question. Lahalan ala pasuk, further on the pasuk, and now we're looking at pasuk Zayin, where it says Vayikach Sefer Habris Am that Moshe took this um, book of covenant and he read it to the Jews. Perish Rashi, Rashi comments. Sefer Habris, that this is the Book of Covenant, that this is all the narrative from Bereshis until Matantara and the mitzvahs that were given at Mara. Now, the Rebbe says, Why Rashi has to stop on the words Sefer Habris? That's very understood. Because this is new information in Pasuk Zayin. Because look back to Pasuk Dalit. In Pasuk Dalit, it doesn't use the term Sefer Habris. It uses this term as called Divrei Hashem, all the words of Hashem. So it's well understood that Rashi has to identify what is the Sefer Habris. Above, it doesn't call, the Torah doesn't call this document that he wrote Sefer Habris. So Rashi has to tell us that Sefer Habris and Kol Hadvarim are the same thing. They're the same document. Okay, fine. But we have to understand but why does Rashi repeat everything that he repeated in his parish in Pasuk Dalit? 
He repeats again here, Mi Breshes, Vad Matan Teira, or Mitzvah Shenestabu Bimara. We know the Rebbe taught us the Rashi doesn't spill any ink unnecessarily. So all Rashi had to explain here is that this Sefer Habris is what Moshe wrote in that the Torah talks about in Pasuk And actually, that's what the Rashbam writes in his commentary. Sefer Habris. And he says, what is Sefer Habris? What is the Book of Covenant? This refers to what is written earlier in Pasuk Dalit that Moshe wrote. Now, seemingly we might be able to explain that Rashi has to do this because this Pasuk, Pasuk Zion says he took the Book of Covenant and he read in the ears of the people but it doesn't tell us what he read. And how much of this document he read. And to cite the question that the Mechilta begin with. We have not yet heard from where in this document he started to read. Therefore, Rashi informs us, Call Sefer Habris. So Rashi comes to inform us that Moshe read aloud for the people the entire narrative from Bereshis until Matantera, plus all the mitzvahs that were given at Mara, meaning Kol Sefer Habris, that he read the entirety of the document. You might be able to say that's what Rashi is doing here. But the Rebbe says, no, Avo be'emesi efshe lefarish came. But in truth, you cannot explain this in this fashion. Why? Okay, one of the axioms that the Rebbe teaches about Rashi is that the deeper Hamaskil, the words that he brings his commentary on, are part of the commentary. So over here, if he was trying to tell us what Moshe read, his commentary should have been on the word Vayikra. Moshe read, and then he would tell us what he read. It should have been Ulam, however, Divrei Rashi, Al Habris. But Rashi chose to give us his commentary on the words. Book of Covenant, not on the word he read. The Yisraelis do, and even more so. Sometimes Rashi brings down certain words, but he also brings down the goimer, etc. So it means that he's not just commenting on those words, but he's relating to words later on in the pasuk. But Rashi doesn't do that here. He just brings down the words sefer habris in the deeper hamaschil. And from this it's understood, And from this we understand that Rashi's purpose in this parish is not to address what Moshe read out loud, but rather to tell us 
what is in this book, what is in this document. So now we're back to square one with our original question. Why does Rashi have to repeat what he already told us in Pasuk Dalid on what this document contains? If Rashi's purpose is not to tell us what was read, and the Rebbe proves that that's not his purpose because it's not on the word Vayikra, then why would Rashi repeat himself? Seemingly, he has already made clear what is in this document with his parish and Pasuk Dalit. Okay, so let's review the questions that we had until this point. Okay, the first question is, what drives Rashi altogether to tell us what is in this, what, 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 what Moshe wrote down here? What, how is this necessary to the Pshat? And where in the Pshat does Rashi come up with this? And even more than this, in Pasagimel, Rashi has already told us on the very same words as Kol Tivrei Hashem, Rashi has already told us it means the instructions that the Jews had to engage in immediately before Matan Terah. But the Rebbe says, but maybe you're going to say that it doesn't make sense to say Moshe wrote that down because that was a one-time instruction. Why would Moshe write that down? Okay, so we're, so we have our question: what what did what did Moshe write down? But in trying to tell us what Moshe wrote down, the Rebbe points out that Rashi is bringing a novel interpretation. Because first you might think he's just cutting and pasting, copying and pasting from the Mechilta. But when you look at the Mechilta, you see that there are three options and Rashi says, nope, nope, and nope. It's not the first option that in this document was just the narrative from Bracious until Matantara. It's not the second option that it's all the mitzvahs that were ever given by Hashem to the Jews until this point. And it's not the third option of, of things that were written at the time later that describe the, um, the tnayim, the conditions of the ongoing relationship between Hashem and Bnei Yisrael. Then the Rebbe says, you might think it's a mashup between the first two um, opinions in the Mechilta. But the Rebbe says, no. Because the second opinion of the Mechilta talks about all the mitzvahs. And Rashi talks only about the mitzvahs that were given in Mara. Then the Rebbe says, altogether you have to forget about the Mechilta. Because the Mechilta is not focused on what Moshe wrote. The Mechilta is focused on what Moshe read. And it doesn't have to be the case that what he read and what he wrote are the same thing. It's altogether plausible that there's a document, but Moshe only read extractions thereof. And so, <laughs> we're back to our question. What is Rashi telling us, and from where does he get this information? Now, it's understood why Rashi has to comment on Pasuk Zayin. 
we understand why in Pasuk Zion, in his commentary, he says that the Sefer Habris is from Bereshis until Matan Because in Pasuk Dalit, this document is not referred to as a Sefer Habris. But what's not understood is why Rashi has to do so in such elongated fashion. He could have just said, this is what Moshe wrote. Period. That's what, that's what other commentaries did. But no, he repeats what Moshe wrote. So you might think, he's telling us what Moshe read. The Rebbe says, nope, not, that's not it either. How do we know that? Because Rashi in Pasuk Zion is not commenting on the word Vayikra. He's commenting on the words Sefer Habris. And now the Rebbe is going to unpack this and tell us what Rashi is teaching us. But as is most often the case, the Rebbe has to first preface with additional information that we need to understand the resolution. Dalit. The Yuvan, and we'll understand this, behekdom by prefacing Oid Diuk Beloshan Rashi Hanal We're going to understand this by prefacing with another specific nuance that Rashi wrote in to his first Perush, Mibreshis Vadmatantaira. And then you see that this word is underscored or italicized that Rashi included the word v'kasav mitzvah shenitztavu b'mara. Now, d'lech'ayra, seemingly, tevas v'kasav miyuteres. This word is altogether superfluous. It's extra. Sharei perish Rashi hu al v'yichtav Moshe. Because Rashi's commentary is on the words v'yichtav Moshe, Moshe wrote. So, duh, obviously, this was written. So why does Rashi have to say Vikasav and he wrote Mitzvah Shinistabu Bimara? Vimkain Afbahisafas Vavahibor Lavada Mi Brashis Vadmata Tara U Mitzvah Shinistabu Bimara Kfarmuvan Shakol Bhlava Yiktaiv. Rashi doesn't have to write the word Vikasav. Rashi should have just put in the Vav Hahibor, put in the Vav that means and. And we know that Moshe wrote the narrative from Bereshis till Matan plus the mitzvahs that were given at Moran. Why does he have to put in the word Vikasav? Vahabir Bazer. And the explanation is as follows Rashi's parish here is rooted in a machlekas. Oidas klolos haparsha. Okay, so now please look in your Chumash and look back to the beginning of this parak. Okay, so the word parsha here does not mean the Torah, the, the parsha of the Torah, the whole Torah portion. It means this portion, like this, this subject, which begins at the beginning of Parak Chavdalet. Where the Torah says, "Val Moshe Amar Aleil Hashem," and Hashem said to Moshe, "Go up, Ata va'Aaron Nadavaviu, you Aaron Nadavaviu, v'Shivim Mizikne Yisrael, and seventy of the elders of Bnei Yisrael, v'Shtachavisa Merachok, and you should prostrate yourselves at a distance." And look at Rashi on this pasuk. 
Rashi opines that Parsha Zu, this section, Nemra Koidem Aseris Hadibris, was set to B'nai Yisrael before the Ten Commandments were given, when Bedalid B'Sivon, on the fourth day of Sivon. And it was on that day that Hashem said to him, go up, Ale. Okay, now let's look back into the Sikha. Aida's Klalos HaParsha May the El Moshe Amar Aleil Hashem Matzinu Machlekes Be Mefarshe Hatayra. There's a machlekes, there's an argument between the various Mefarshim as to when this portion of the Torah was said. Masai Nemra Parshazu, O Masai Iru Kalam Eirais Haniskarimba. When was it said and when did it occur? Rashi Piresh, as we just read, Rashi explains, Sheparsha zu nemra koidem aseris hadibra. So bedalid besivo nemra loy alei. Rashi opines that this whole section was said before Matan Torah, and on the fourth day of Sivan, Hashem said to him, Pasuk Aleph and Pasuk Chavdalit, in Perak Chavdalit, come up to me. Vedvarim achirim, kigoyin vayiva mizbeach. And then the things that follow, like that Moshe built a altar, that happened on the fifth day of Sivan. However, Haramban, but according to the Ramban, Vaid and other Mefarshim, all of Parshas Mishpatim, inclusive of Perak Chavdalit, happened after the Seres Adibras were given. And because of this argument, because of this machlekes, as to when this parsha was said, So depending on how you would understand when this parak was given, depending on that, you would understand Pasa Gimel differently. Look at Pasa Gimel. Pasa Gimel reads, Vayave Moshe, Vayisaper Laam, as called Divri Hashem. Moshe came and he told the people all the words of Hashem, as called Mishpatim and all the laws. Vayan Kalaam Kalechad, Vayemu Kalad Varmasha Diber Hashem Nase. The people responded with one voice and they said, All the words that Hashem has spoken, we will do. So, depending on when you understand this entire section, to have been given, to have occurred, the content of what Moshe conveyed to B'nai Yisrael and Pasuk Gibel would be completely different. Lefi Rashi, we're back in the Sikha now, Lefi Rashi, Kol Divrei Hashem, when it says in this Pasuk Gimel, all the words of Hashem, Ka'i Kenal, it refers, as we said above, Al Mitzvah's Prisha Vahagbola, and that's what Rashi says here. Rashi says, on the words, as called Divrei Hashem, mitzvahs prisha v'hagbala. The instructions about the couple separating from each other and building these, you know, this buffer zone around Har Sinai. <clears throat> and, kol ha-mishpatim, look at Rashi, sheva mitzvah shenistabu b'nei noyach, Rashi says in Pasuk Gimel, on the words, kol ha-mishpatim, that these were the sheva mitzvah b'nei noyach, this Shabbos, Vikibur Ava Aim, and the, the laws of Shabbos, and the laws of honoring your parents, the Impara Aduma, 
v'dinin shenitnu lahem b'mora, inclusive of the laws of, uh, around the red heifer and administering justice, and all of these were given in mora. That's according to Rashi. Viladas haramban v'oid, but if you go according to the Ramban and other mefarshim, kol divrei Hashem hainu divrei Hashem la'achar matan that in this Pasuk, Pasuk Gimel, when it says that Moshe came and told the people all the words of Hashem, it, this happened after Matan Torah. And it's speaking about different things. It's, to, it's talking about you saw Hashem from the heavens. And when it says in this Pasuk, I'm sorry, um, it's talking about all the laws and parshas mishpatim. And now that you understand that there are two opinions as to when this entire thing took place and what Moshe told Bnei Yisrael as called divrei Hashem, so now we understand so this difference of opinion as to when this took place chronologically and what Moshe told B'nai Yisrael will also impact what it is that is written in this book of covenant that the Torah says Moshe wrote. Now, either way, the Rebbe explains, in Yanashel Brisfu, L'chazek HaKishur V'achibor B'nai Mishtatfin B'bris, Either way, whether this happened before Matan Terah or after Matan Terah, the goal of a covenant is always the same, to strengthen the connection between the two principal parties in the covenant. And in this case, Either way, this covenant is about strengthening the connection between the Jews and the Torah, and through Torah they're connected to Hashem. And so it's understood. In alignment with Rashi's opinion that this covenant took place before Matan Terah. So if it's before Matan Terah, then Rashi is going to opine that in this book of covenant, is included things that will strengthen the covenant, like Kigoin, what Rashi explains about why the Torah begins with Barashas Barlakim, that is Lachazik Mas of Kigoin, Koyach Mas of that this is such a famous Rashi, and it is a Rashi that's foremost in our minds in these days since October 7th. Rashi says that the whole Torah begins with Hashem creating the world to tell us that, that it's, it's Hashem's world. And he's making clear to us that it's his world. And yes, he gave that country to other nations earlier, but then he decided to give it to us, and that's it. So this strengthens our connection with Hashem. And all of this is written, Ad and that's why, because Rashi asks, if the Torah is only about instruction, it should have started with the first mitzvah, which is HaChadish Zelachem. But now the Rebbe is explaining that Rashi believes that this bris, this covenant, took place before Matan Torah. So what has to be in this Sefer? 
what has to be in this document it has to be things that will strengthen and bolster and segue into a stronger connection. And so it includes everything from Matan Torah to Lachay Deshazeh, and it includes everything till Matan Torah, and the purpose. Sorry, the purpose of 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 this covenant is to prepare for Matan Torah, to prepare for Sarah's Hadibris. But in accordance with the opinion of the Ramban and others. <coughs> The main purpose of this covenant was al hadibros v'hatzivuim shetziba kadosh baruch hu la'achar matan Torah. That the main purpose of this covenant is for what God is going to command after matan Torah. Ulafizem mufan, and now once we understand this, it's understood. That when the Torah says, and Moshe wrote, and then connects this with the fact that this is a book of covenant, like it says later, <coughs> that this is about a covenant. perish <coughs> Rashi. The way Rashi understands this, Hakavana Bazehi Shakasab is Kol Divri Hashem Shekvar Nemulvene Yisrael Ad Oisasha. Rashi understands this as this document being a download of everything that Hashem said to them prior to this time. Dainu meaning Mi Bereshis Vaad Matantara from Bereshis until Matantara U Mitzvah Shinestavu Bimara. And this writing, and writing this document was not only writing out what would later be read. So it's not like a person who's giving a speech. The main event is the speech, but they write down their notes so they don't forget anything, so they could be more coherent. No, the Rebbe says no. The writing itself, Zed Gufa Gam Chelak Mehapris. When it says Vayichta Meisha, the writing itself is part of the covenant. Al Yedei Haksiva, through the very writing thereof, Kibel Hadavar Toisefes Taikef, this information and this covenant that was being forged for this information was strengthened. Vechizek as his Chayvusam, his Kashrusam, shall Bnei Yisrael Befrizu. And it strengthened the level of obligation on the part of Bnei Israel to Hashem and their connection. Sif hey. And now, once we understand that, we're in a position to understand Shahatam Shahilik Rashi Betebas Vikosab. Why does Rashi insert that seemingly extraneous word Vikosab? He puts it in in between Beis Hinyanim Ibrishes or Matantaira Umitsushinistabubimara. Why does he put that extra word there, seemingly extra word? Because Rashi wants to teach us that in this document there were two styles. 
there were two categories of information and they were recorded in stylistically different ways. <clears throat> there was Aleph, Mibreshes Matan There was the narrative as it appears in the Torah from Bereshis, from the creation of the world till Matan Torah. Sipor the recounting of all the events that took place from the beginning of the creation of the world to Matan Torah. And this, Kasav Moshe's Rav Rubam Khan, Bissignanu Batsura Kafishem Ksuvim Bitari Lefanenu. And this Moshe wrote down in the style that we have today in the Torah that we use in our shuls today. The Mehachatesa Shashina, because why should we think? that it was written differently. And why would he write it differently? And Rashi kind of alludes to this when he says, So the first part of what was written in the Sefer Habris is the narrative of everything that happens from the creation of the universe until the giving of the Torah. And it is written in the style of the Torah that we have today, Parshi Shel Torah. but Rashi inserts, again, seemingly extraneous, but not at all, the Rebbe now teaches us, Mitzvah Shenitzdavu B'mara. Shehein ha-mitzvah t'shabes ki-bara-va-eim paraduma v'dinyin. So, like like Rashi has already delineated earlier, all these different mitzvahs, they got a mara. We'll move on, but it's understood. But these were not written down the way they would later be recorded in the Torah. Regarding, let's say, the paraduma, it says in the Torah, or it says, you should bring it to Lazar Ha'kayim, and other things like this. Because these things didn't exist yet. And so it's plausible that Moshe did not write it the way they would be written in the Torah that we read today. But rather he wrote it down in a way that just gives you the content of the mitzvah. Rashi, like Rashi teaches us, Vikasav mitzvois. He wrote down bullet points. It's not written like the parshias of the Torah that we have today. It's written in bullet form. It's not parshias of the Torah. It's a listing of mitzvahs. And again, this is going to be impacted by the different opinions. Was this written before or after Matan Torah? Before Matan Torah, there were two things. Parshia's HaTorah, Umitzah Shinitzdavu B'marah. Before Matan Torah, there was Parshas Torah, and there were the mitzvahs that Hashem gave in Mara. So, it makes sense, in alignment with Rashi's opinion, that it was written in two different styles. 
כסיבה פרשיוס התיירה, וכסיבה מצווה, שנסתבו במורה, שלא כחלק מפרשיוס התיירה. One is written in exactly the way we have it today, in narrative style, and one is written in bullet form, let's just say, list form of the mitzvahs. But if you're saying, you're going according to the opinion that this was all said, this Perik Chavdalit was said after Matan Torah, then there's no reason to differentiate. It should all have been written in one style. Even the mitzvahs, written in the style that would later be recorded for posterity the way we have it today. To today. Vav. And now we're in a position to understand. Now we understand why Rashi has to explain what is in the Sefer Habris. It's one thing that he should explain that the Sefer Habris is exactly what is being referred to in Pasuk Dalid, Vayicht of Moshe's called Divrei Hashem. But remember, the Rebbe asked, why doesn't Rashi just stop after saying, this is what was mentioned above, Moshe wrote? No, he doesn't do that. He seemingly repeats himself by saying what he said in Pasuk Dalit. In Pasuk Dalit, under the words Vayicht of Moshe, he says, Mibreshis v'matan tayra v'kosa mitzvah shenistabu v'mara. And in Pasuk Zayin, on the word Sefer Habris, he writes, Mibreshis v'matan tayra v'mitzvah shenistabu v'mara. Now we understand why Rashi has to do that. Me'ach ha-shekfar l'madnu, we're back in the second paragraph of Se'ev Vav in the Sicha. After we learned l'il above, she'kosa Moshe be'zin yanim shayinim, that Moshe wrote, to, you could say, parts of a document in two very different styles, Bevez Gedarik Siva Nefradim, in two different categories, the Siv Sefer Habris, Lashon Yachid, but in Pasuk Zayin it says the Book of Covenant in singular. You see, because in Pasuk Dalit it said Es Kol Divrei Hashem, all the words of Hashem. So that's very ambiguous. It's very amorphous. It can mean anything. But then in Pasuk Zion, it appears as Sefer Habris. It seems to be talking about one thing, Lashon Yachid. Sarich Rashi Lefarish, She Sefer Habris Hazeh, Morkav Mi Beis in Yanim Nifradim Elo. So Rashi has to explain and underscore for us that indeed this singular book of covenant is comprised of two separate things. Mibreshes v'armatan teira, the narrative, and mitzvah shenitztavu b'mara, and the mitzvahs that were given to them at mara. V'zeb milam deinu gam shahabrisim b'nei Yisrael ha'isa'al beis hinyanim. And through this Rashi teaches us that the covenant that was formed with b'nei Yisrael was comprised of these two strata, of these two levels, these two different things. There was the bris aleph al hatayra v'limuda. Hashem made a covenant with us on learning Torah. V'zeh ha'ya al yedek sibas mi breishes v'matan Torah parshiyas hatayra. 
Okay, this covenant was effectuated through Moshe writing down the narrative of Torah, making a bris with us that we should study Torah eternally. And Bayes, the second aspect of the bris was al kiyama mitzvahs, on keeping the mitzvahs. And how was this effectuated? By writing down in bullet form the mitzvahs that we got in Mara. And through this, it will be sweetened, literally, or really it means it will become more clear. <clears throat> that is why after Moshe read this to the Jews, Amru B'nai Yisrael, B'nai Yisrael responded. And how did they respond? Everything that Hashem said, they responded likewise in a two-part response. They could have said, or they could have said, but they said, no. We will do this with this. They are relating to the mitzvahs that Moshe read, the mitzvahs that were commanded in Mara. The nishma and the response when they said we will hear or we will understand or we will learn, that is This they responded to what he read from the narrative from Bereshis until Matan Taira that was recorded in this document. And so this bris, this covenant, this document served as the preparation and the preface to the learning of Torah and the keeping of mitzvahs that B'nai Yisrael now obligated themselves to. From now until eternity. Because through accepting both aspects, this doubled aspect, and doing so in a way of a covenant, through this, they made themselves worthy of receiving the Torah. And this is in accordance, of course, with Rashi's opinion that this entire parak, this entire section, was said before Matan Torah. And now, okay, so the Rebbe has answered all the questions that he asked and has shown us the cohesiveness, the cohesion in Rashi's, um, Rashi's teaching and how his shita informs what he does in Rashi Dalit and in Rashi Zayin, and how he teaches us about this important document. Um, and I can't be the only person on this um, Zoom call that has never really paid attention to the fact that there was this document. I'm not even sure I even knew there was such a document, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, tells you what's happening when I'm ostensibly saying chitas, but okay. So um, now, now the Rebbe takes us and he says that, and, he, and he, he, you know, does this often, he points our attention to the fact that embedded in Rashi are wondrous teachings 
about halacha and other matters. And he says, min ha'inyanim. <laughs> Note, the Rebbe says, I'm not even unpacking all the inyanim ha'mufloim she'beperish Rashi zeh. All the wondrous aspects of this Rashi. But among the wondrous aspects found in this Rashi, I'm going to teach I'm going to tell you this. The Gemara, <clears throat> in the Gemara, Nechleku Rabbi Yechanan Lakish. There's a machlekes between Rabbi Yechanan and Reish Lakish as to how the Torah was written. Im Torah Megillah Megillah Nitna. If the Torah was given and recorded in segments, in various scrolls, that whenever Moshe got information from Hashem, he wrote it down. And at the end of 40 years, when all of the information that Hashem wanted to give him was already given to him and conveyed and received, then he sewed all these various Megillahs together into one entity called a Sefer so what we just read in the parentheses is Rashi explaining the opinion that says that the Torah was given Megillah Megillah. It was given one portion at a time. Oy. But there's a different opinion that, that opines. Torah Chasuma Nitna. That the Torah was given in one fell swoop. The whole Torah was completed before it was given. And Rashi explains in the parentheses, it wasn't written at the end of 40 years. That the Torah was not written until after 40 years. And all the parshiyas that were told to Moshe in all the years prior to that were all retained, Alpeh, they were all retained in his mind and were transmitted orally until that point. And they were only written down at the end of 40 years. So we have two opinions. Either that Moshe wrote down the information as he got it, Megillah, Megillah, segment by segment, and then it was all sewn together into one Sefer Torah at the end of 40 years, or that Moshe retained all this information for 40 years in his mind, and it was only written down after 40 years. And the Teisafais asks a question, The Teisafais takes to task the opinion that says that the Torah was given as one completed document. Tema, this is astonishing. How can you say that? Because in the Torah itself, it says, It says that Moshe took this document called the Sefer Habriz, this book of covenant, and he read it before the nation. Upirish Rashi, and Rashi in his parish on Chumash says that Moshe read from Bereshis until Matan Torah. 
So how can you say that nothing was written down until 40 years hence? When in the Torah itself, it tells us that there was a document and Moshe read from it. So the Tesafas explains, the way to understand this is that when it says that it was the Torah was given as a complete document, you should not understand this as it having been recorded for the first time at the end of 40 years. Ella, you should understand this. That what happened at the end of 40 years is that it was ordered. That essentially, the Teisvis is saying that this information was written, but it was not in the proper order. And after 40 years, it was all ordered in the way that it has to appear and that what we have today. Umivar Maral, the Maral explains, Rashi that what Rashi is saying here in our parsha, is not a contradiction to what it says that the Torah was given at the end of 40 years as one complete Torah. It's not even a contradiction. That it wasn't written until the end of 40 years. Okay, this is this is this is a big wow here. What Rashi is underscoring here is that this is not what Moshe wrote here is not the Torah. It's not even a part of what would later become the Torah. It was a separate document. It was a document that was written for the purpose of creating this covenant. And that's why it's not a stira. And through this, Yumtak will be better understood. That although what was written, the narrative from Bereshis until Matan Torah, was written in the way that the Parshias of Torah are written today, would be written into posterity, but it's not in the same category as parshiyot that were written for the purpose of the Torah. This is a distinctive document, and although it was written in the style of how these stories would be told in the Torah for posterity, it wasn't written as part of the Torah. It's not parshiyot. It's written as part of the Sefer Habris. And in the Sefer Habris, So in other words, do not conflate two things. Don't 
misunderstand that just because part of the Sefer Habris was written in the way that would later be written in the Torah, that it is one and the same thing. No. It was written in the same style, but it was part of a different document that was comprised of both the narrative written in the style that the Torah would later be recorded, plus mitzvahs written in a very different style than the way they would be given in the Torah. And Rashi's question on this Rashi, we might explain that What's driving Teisvis is the following. That since we have now ascertained that what was written in the Sefer Habris, was written both stylistically and word for word, exactly the way it would be written later in the Torah. Even though in this document were also written mitzvahs that were commanded in Mara, that were not written the way they would be written in the Torah, it doesn't negate that the parts that were written are but Rashi says no, they're different and now we can better understand why Teisvais doesn't include mention of the mitzvahs, just includes me brachis v'atkan. Me'acha shel eksivas ha-mitzvah shenestabu b'mara ain't kol shaychus l'shakal v'tariya b'divya Teisvais. Because the mitzvahs, that, that has no relevance to what Teisvais is trying to figure out here. Because the, for sure that wasn't Parshiyas. The question is only, was the narrative part of Parshiyas, or even though it's written like Parshiyas, written for a distinct purpose in a distinct document? Avaldas Rashi, Rashi's opinion is, that because we're talking about one holistic book, one book of covenant, Rashi opines that this is a separate thing, and even though it was written in the same style, contains the same words, it's a distinctive document. It's Inyan Shel Sefer Habris. It is a document called Sefer Habris. Ches. And now, if you got this far, you deserve the Yena Shelter. This is our reward. Meyena Shelter. So, in the depth, in the richness, in the wine of Taira, the parish Rashi Zeh, in this Rashi, Yesh Loimar, we might say as follows. You know, I realized that I didn't have the chat open. Oh, Mashi, are you asking? Um, uh, I noticed that, that it was in the opposite 
order nas of nishma, right? You're asking on that? Why it doesn't say nishma and then nasa? Because the first comes the narrative and then the mitzvahs? I don't have an answer to that question. I have the same question. So if anybody gets the answer, please let us know on the chat. But Mash, if your question is something else, please let me know. Okay. Sifchas. Miyena Shaltera the Parish Rashiza Yeshlaimar. Afalpi Shaklolos Inina Briz Hua Kishovis Khabros being Kraserbriz. Although, generally speaking, we understand that the main purpose of a covenant is the connection between the two principal parties in the covenant. Ubenidun Didan, and in this case, Hahis Khabros. In this case, it's about the connection and the unity of God with Jews. But there is going to be an essential conceptual difference between a covenant that is soldered before Matan or after Matan this is something that Hasidus talks about over and over and over again. We find this in the Sikhist Rebbe, that until Matan Teira, there was a Gezerah, that the citizens of Rome, metaphorically, couldn't go to Syria. The citizens of Syria couldn't go to Rome. There was no open border between heaven and earth, meaning that godliness could not saturate the material world. The material world could not be elevated. So set against that backdrop, in that reality, So if we go according to the opinion, which is Rashi's opinion, that the bris was made before Matantaira, then the bris is about the people, but not the matter. In mitzvahs, there are two things. There's the gavra, there's the, the person upon whom the mitzvah devolves, and there's the chefza, there's what the mitzvah is done with. And in halacha, there are things that devolve upon the chefza, but not the gavra. In other words, if you have a certain thing, you have to do a certain thing with it. But as a person, you don't necessarily have this mitzvah. So if you have a field, then you have mitzvahs of peya and shikha and leket, etc., etc. But it's not one of the mitzvahs in the Torah that you have to have a field. And that, in other words, once you have it, you have to do certain things. Once you have a four-cornered garment, you have to put tzitzis on it. Okay? So that's the difference between chefza and gavra and chefza. So the Rebbe is saying here that according to Rashi's opinion, the covenant was made before Matan Torah, which means before material items could be saturated and suffused with holiness, and before they could be elevated. So the whole covenant was about Gavra. It was about them as the people, not Chefza. It wasn't about items. It wasn't about material matters in this world. Amnam, however, nif alu al the people through this covenant achieved and through the Torah mitzvahs that they got before Matan Torah, they achieved a connection with Hashem. 
but it was all within the construct and within the rubric that defined reality before Matantaira, meaning they could not alight, they could not be elevated from the category of where humanity were at that time, which is in the material world. Masha Inkane in contradistinction, Lafi had Deya Shabris Haisala Akri Matantaira, in accordance with the opinion that this covenant took place after Matantaira. So after Matantaira, there were three differences. Aleph, Bitul Hagzera. First of all, this edict that Rome couldn't go to Syria, Syria couldn't go to Rome, that El Yainim, that the celestial could not go down the Tachtoinim to the lower level, and the Tachtoinim couldn't go up to the to the El Yainim, this Kazera was rescinded. That's number one, Bez. And God started it, because in last week's Parsha Yisrael, it says, Vayeret Hashem al Harsinai. And then at the end of the Pasuk, it says, Vayal Moshe. So, First of all, the Gezerah was rescinded. Second of all, Hashem took the first step. And third of all, third of all, on top of this, there was the Chidush, there was a novelty of the Ana, Ana, Nafshi, Ksavis, Yehavis. That the word Anechi, with which Aser Sadibris begins, is an acronym for the words Ana, Nafshi, Ksavis, Yehavis. Hashem says, I wrote my soul into the Torah. That Hashem gave and inserted himself, his essence, as it were, into the Torah that he gave for always, for eternity. And once we understand the difference of before Matan Torah and after Matan Torah, then we can also understand that the unity that was forged with the Torah in, in, in a modality of a covenant created the completion of this elevation of leaving from this lower plane, from the, from the plane that was inhabited by creation alone. So that would make the covenant very different if it was given after. But there is a superlative quality by understanding what happened in the covenant if you go according to Rashi's opinion that it was before Matan If it's after Matan and you understand all the three ways in which reality shifted, everything was inverted, then you understand, wow, this covenant was of a different order because now B'nai Yisrael can actually engage in this synthesis, this synergy, this merging of heaven and earth. And it's with Hashem's power because Hashem did it first. And Hashem inserted his essence in the Torah that they have. So you might think this is so much greater. This so eclipses Rashi's opinion because what kind of a covenant could this have already been? But as usual, the Rebbe surprises us. Hasidus always inverts every orthodoxy and says 
but there's actually an ilui, there's actually a superlative quality. How is that? Because B'nai Yisrael were at that point in the terminology of the Mechilta, completely bound up and um, connected to and tethered to the aspects of Torah that had already come down before Matan Torah to creations, to creatures, meaning we know that the Avais, the Imahais, had a lot of Torah. There was a Shiva, Shem Ve'ever. Um, it says Yehuda Shalach Lofanov, Yaakov sent Yehuda before him to set up a yeshiva. There was already a lot of Torah, and the missus are given at Mara. So they were really, really connected to all this Torah and to the godliness that came down through this Torah. Hari, move on. So it's understood. <coughs> so sorry. <coughs> that after this kind of preparation, so their refinement and their elevation through Matan Torah was even greater. So if the bris was before Matan Torah, then they were working with their own overtures, their own investments. It was all about their effort. It was about the viagata. And therefore, they were in a position of umatsasa. They were in a position to accept what came down that was new with Matantara because they had prepared for it through their own work. Yes, within their limited construct and within all the limitations that existed before Matan Torah, before the decree was rescinded. But if you're going to go according to the Ramban and the others, that the covenant was made after Matan Torah, Hari Bishas Matan Torah, Torah Legamri, then it would mean that at the time that they accepted the Torah, the Torah hovered completely above them. It was completely above who they were and where they were. And so the giving of the Torah was not about their acceptance as much as it was about Hashem giving it. It was an overlay. It was put upon them rather than accepted by them. So, yes, according to Rashi, it would seem to be that the covenant was forged at a time where there were distinct deficiencies. There was still the edict that El Yoinim, the celestial, cannot come down cannot come down to this world. Check. That was still in that was still in place. Hashem had not yet made the first step. And they had not yet had Hashem embed him herself into the Torah itself. 
he still hadn't happened. But what was the Maila, and this is a recurring theme in the Rebbe's Torah, the Rebbe doesn't use the term here, but the Maila here was, the superlative quality was, that when this bris, when this covenant was forged, it was through their effort. It was through their overtures. It was, yes, within their limited construct. And therefore, they were ready and able to accept the Torah in a different way. Tess. And now we're in a better position to understand that Rashi underscores that in the Vayicht of Moshe, in this document, there were two things. There was Torah, there was Mibrashis Admatan Torah, and then there was the mitzvahs that were given at Mara. There was Torah and there was mitzvahs. But if you're going to go according to the Ramban and the other Mepharshim, then it's, then it's one thing. There's no... There's no um, emphasis on these two aspects, these two facets. There's no vikasav that Rashi is inserting there and, and delineating that he, that Moshe wrote two different things. Why? Because the Rebbe explains, mitzad geder hanivraim, if you're talking about from the perspective of the consumer, if you're talking about from the perspective of nivroim, of creations, of creatures, of people, people feel the difference between narrative and instruction. It's two different things. There was the nasalatzmai and there was the nishmalatzmai. And that's why they answered in dual fashion. They were relating both to the mitzvahs, and for this they said nasa, and I still don't have an answer to Mashi's question, why it's an inverted order. Um, and then they said nishma, we're going to listen to the narrative, we're going to learn, we're going to understand. But if you're going to opine that this happened, like the Ramban says, after Matan then you're talking about the producer, you're talking about the creator, you're talking about Hashem. And from the perspective of Hashem, you're not going to feel, you're not going to be reckoning with, you're not going to be paying attention to this differentiation. Just like Hashem is one unity. And so the Torah is all one thing. Whether it's the narrative or whether it's the mitzvahs, it's all one thing. It's one Torah. Anyway, we should be able to do nasa v'nishma. We should be able to accept both parts. And we should already finish up this Aveda and be makabal p'nei mashiach tzedkenu now mamash. It's time. It's time. We've been working on this project for a very, very long time. Again, um, this class was in the schos of a refuah shlema for Miriam Liba Baschana, that she should have a refuah shlema ukreva, 
and that everything should be with great success. And we're also saying Mazel Tov again to Yehudas Edelman, to Joni Tansky, and to Rachel Kaplan. And we should all only and always be able to share Simchas. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Anybody want to say something, share something? So first of all, like you said, I think that it's like so fascinating when we get like a spotlight on some aspect of Torah that we just brush right over, like have no consciousness of, and we just get to like open this whole light and it's so unbelievable. And I think, I think I've been in this class now for over a year. I know for over a year, but I don't know how much more. And it's like so nice to see, um, like remember the Sikhais that we learned last year and how like this progression is going on. It's really, really so nice. And I also think, you know, I. I was so used to so many sikhais, like you learn, you like, okay, it's this week's Parsha. This is like what we know about it. These are the like common sikhais. And so after starting with this class, I feel like it's like so much expanded. The, the Rebbe's, the Rebbe's Taira, what the Rebbe gives us and how much access we have to like such unbelievable amounts of wealth of knowledge. And I just, you know, thank you for that. Thank this whole project for that. It's so amazing to be a part of. You're so right. And um, over and over, <laughs> I, 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 that's exactly what I'm saying to myself. I'm like, these are sikhas. I would have taken one look. I would have opened it and closed it. Absolutely. Um, I, I think that I've shared this once before that um, I still remember as a little girl, every Shabbos, um, my grandmother, who um, 